of faith. Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network, where we discuss film, TV, and all things Hollywood. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Devin. And we're joined by two special guests today. We have Griff Schiller from FilmSpeak and Ryan McQuaid from Incession Film and Award Watch. How is everyone doing today? Doing great. I am uh, I'm great. I'm wonderful. Yeah. I'm wonderful. Yeah. I'm as great as Griffin, if not more. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be that. That I'll be. Not I, I'm. Great. I'm pretty great. I, I, <laughs> okay. I'm, you know, I'm stupendous, uh, marvelous. Uh, yeah, pretty much like what Griffin is, like double that. That's what I mean. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> considering I've had a very stressful week, I don't know if you want that. So <laughs> the double the stress, bring it on. Let's go. I'll take yeah. on. I'll double, take on all double comers. negative and negative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Double right. negative. I'm gonna take those two negatives, make it a positive. Right. There, you, there go. you go. That's Matt. why you have Ryan on here, the voice of positivity. <laughs> Literally, Griff's like, I'm just gonna be sad and depressed, and I'm just gonna be on here in a nice ray of sunshine. There we yeah. go. There we go. Yeah. It's kind of like me and Devin, but he's a ray of sunshine, just uh, in different ways. <laughs> Always has something uh, interesting to say. Uh, during the podcast. But um, in this episode, everyone out there listening, we're going to be reviewing the latest film that hit um, theaters this past weekend, and that is No Time to Die, Daniel Craig's last ride as James Bond. And before we begin today's podcast, you can listen to our show on multiple platforms around the internet. And if you're a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at um, Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. Um, just really quick, everyone, like how, how's, how's everyone's week actually been? Cause I'm very, very excited that it's a weekend, but I've had a very crazy week. Um, man, oh man, I, I don't even know where to begin. So really quick, before we get into our, our no time to die, uh, review, I was supposed to go see, um, the last duel, uh, Ryan <laughs> yesterday, but I ran into this issue and I was like, okay, we have no time to die. And I was trying to figure out when to, when to watch it. And I had a tickets for like an early showing on Wednesday at like seven o'clock PM here, but it started storming so bad. I'm like, I can't make it anymore. Mm. I just started a new shift at work. By the time I got back, it would have been like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I can't run off like three hours of sleep. <laughs> no, I so I had to skip that. And I had to skip my last dual screener because I wanted to see it so badly. I told them that I couldn't make it. And I was like, hey, I didn't want to like leave you guys high and dry because I know a lot of people do that. But, you know, keep me in mind for future events. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in like the middle of the busiest time I've ever been as a film critic mm-hmm. um, because I've, I've I've went to two screenings this week and I have a screening next week. I have family coming over this week and we're going to see friends tonight uh in a in, at a dinner and all this other stuff like and then next week i go fly across the country to go to the middleburg film festival and then i come back and i go to the austin film festival so um if i find sleep and time to talk to anybody that's like you know not my wife or people <laughs> randomly on an airplane then then that would be an accomplishment and a win at this point so that's but yeah good. we're like right right still in the in the midst of being busy but like like I was telling you guys, like I was doing an errand right before 
doing this. And it was like James Bond maneuvering myself the way home. So yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's crazy. I mean, I hope Griffin has a better weekend than he had a week. I mean, it sounds like, I know, <laughs> well, tell well, us about your week, man. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like he was about uh, to it, jump yeah, off it, a bridge. No, not really. Uh, well, a couple of days ago, maybe, but uh, <laughs> it, it, no, it's just been, uh, I agree. I mean, it is one of the busiest times for like just being a critic and like, I, I, you know, have a job editing for, uh, you know, a YouTuber. So it's like balancing that with like getting my scripts written for my, uh, for my videos. And then like, you know, great trying videos. to have everything out. Great. Thank you. Uh, Seriously though. Yeah. I, but, and then just like trying to have everything out in, in a timely manner. And like, I, I'm already, you know, not going to have my no time to die video out until like, probably beginning mid next week uh thankfully i'll have a casino royale video out shortly so it's just like it's just like balancing a bunch of different things and then balancing personal life i mean it's the juggle that we all sort of uh you know have to do so it's it's nothing like unique to me but it just has been an incredibly taxing week uh but Mm -hmm. that's why i uh you know i'm glad that bond is coming out because then i can go see it again and uh, just be stoked on it. So that would be the seventh time Griffin has seen the film already. By the way, yeah, I think well, so. I, surprisingly, <laughs> it'll only have been the uh, the the third. So really, oh, those, oh. those are rookie numbers, man. You gotta get those numbers. <laughs> no, I I'm honestly ashamed. I was gonna go. So I had I had a chance to see this movie three times before it even came out. Uh, and I only got to see it once. I or sorry, t- twice before it came out. And the oh. the third time I had to like skip because of uh, a different you know, thing, uh, that I, that I had going on. Some and of us I, just I had, saw it once before it came out, but you know, <laughs> well, you know, what? Yeah, <laughs> you, you, know. Get the, you, you talk about getting numbers up. You got to get those numbers. Well, up. you know, uh, some of us, I'm like, well, I want everybody else to see it too. You know, I'm not, so, no, so I don't greedy Griff. You know I, I, mean? I don't, I don't want people to, I don't want anyone else to see it. As long as I get to see your it, it's, own, all it's your bad. precious. Right? It's mine. <laughs> uh, that's it. Everyone else. Goodbye. Uh, no, uh, it would be, it was just, you know, by, by chance that that sort of happened. Um, mm. but anyways, yeah, that's, that's good. I'm glad you guys have had a crazy, but hectic week. Uh, Devin, how's your week? Been? <laughs> I've just been chilling. No stress at all. I want Devin. Well, bad. Devin can yeah, that is Devin. With you? I, can, I can take some stress off of okay. you. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> I still want to go to the film festival, but you can take all the other bullshit that we have to deal with. So, you know, yeah, you can write good. a review for me for the print session. <laughs> <film. laughs> anybody, Easy. anybody, anybody can just take away, take away the, the, I think it's the, it's not even like the movie stress because the movie stress is just like, Oh my God. People are listening to like, Oh, you guys get to go to movies and see him. Oh, you guys got to do reviews. Oh my God. Like, you know, solve, solve, you know, other crisis around the country um, yeah. or whatever. But like, no, it, it, it's a lot of work. And, you know, I, I admire Griffin. I admire you guys um, and a lot of others that just put in so much time and effort into all of this. It's, it really is. It really is another sort of job within a job. It's like the inception yeah, yeah, yeah. of life. So yeah, Seriously, thank you for the kind words. You know, likewise to both of you guys. You know, I mean, everything I've seen from Griffin's angle, like he's like a one man machine. It honestly feels like, and honestly, with everything you guys, you know, everything from in session. Now that I'm kind of more on the writing side, I mean, it's not my strong suit, but you know, I do it because it's I want it to be become a better critic. And I wasn't the best. I wasn't the best at first, and you know, I've I've had the fortune of working with some great people and Mm. and uh, and some great editors and and Griffin being one of them and, you know, just people that trust in you and you take all that and you sort of try to get better and better and better as you go on through each piece. And, um, yeah, you're, you'll be fine. 
<laughs> Thanks. I just I get so nervous. I'm like, crap, do I sound like I'm making sense here? Like I'm not entirely sure, but it always comes out. Most yeah, most really good. smart people that write for major publications don't. They don't make sense. <laughs> They're actually quite terrible. So <laughs> that is very true. They get paid to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're doing this for free. And you sit there and you go, hmm. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll send you the bill you know, eventually. <laughs> I just moved. I'll, I'll I just moved. I'm sorry. I'm for, yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. Yeah. But yeah. Oh man, it's you know, it's it's great to have everyone here. You know, we've been trying to branch out more to get more people. We've been a little lonely here in the podcast. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's usually just me, Devin. We'll have either Leo, or, Leo, or Amanda on from time to time. But you know, we want to. Bring on some new faces. So without further ado, we're going to get into our No Time to Die review. Of course, we'll be getting into non-spoilers first. And then when you hear this bad boy, that means we'll be getting into spoilers. So we'll be right back with our No Time to Die review right after this short break. James Bond. We both eradicate people to make the world a better place. I just want to be a little tidier. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our No Time to Die review. I'm going to pass it over to Devin because I'm terrible when it comes to pronouncing stars, and especially directors' names. So Devin, take it away, and then I'll, I'll get us going. <laughs> I don't know if I can pull this one off, but uh, Kerry Joji Fukunaga. That sounds right. Feels right. Fukunaga? Yeah. yeah. Starring uh, Daniel Craig, Ana de Armas, Rami Malek, Lea Seydoux. I'm not sure about that one. Yep, you got Shauna Lynch. Yeah. Mm. Mm, there you go, Devin. You, you got a nice little... Uh... <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but, we, so... we try. Yeah, I mean, we 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 try. I literally bitch it every time, and I'm like, I just I can't. I, this needs to stop. Either I need to get better, or I need to get them to do it for me. So, <laughs> but um, we're gonna get into our initial reactions first, as I mentioned before. Um, with the break, we'll do initial reactions first, and then we'll do a little bit more breaker uh, breakdowns here and there. We'll get into predictions of really quick of who could be the next James Bond, then we'll get into our ratings, and then we'll just get the heck out of here because. We're a little bit pressed for time, but, you know, we're going to make the most of what we have. But I wanted to pass it back over to our wonderful guest. I guess we'll start with uh, my editor-in-chief over here, uh, Ryan McQuaid, oh, <laughs> about his uh, initial reaction of the film. And then we'll go to Griffin, and then we'll do Devin, and then I'll go last. I mean, I've only seen the movie once. <laughs> I think we established that. I've only seen it once. Yeah, he's basically saying he's not qualified to give. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I bow down to Griffin Schiller in his context. For <laughs> so many people, people him in. You might as well leave now. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> when he was like, "I haven't. I've been waiting all year to see this movie, or two years, or whatever it was." He he literally was just like, Six. "I will see it at every premiere possible." Um, but no, um, I I been a massive bond fan my entire life i think it was the three genres of films that i i watched a lot when i was a kid that sort of established who i am as a as a, a you know a film critic and and lover of, of cinema is westerns musicals and james bond films which are all the polar opposites of one another really when you think about it 
Um, and a Bond I, musical, you know, a Bond music. Hey, you know, shoot to kill. Uh, but uh, no, uh, I, 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 I love. I I grew up watching the Connery films and the Roger Moore films with my dad and my grandfather, and then of course at that time when I was a kid, it was Pierce Brosnan, and I thought the Brosnan films were were sort of just still spinoffs of that. But what what Daniel Craig has done in the last fifteen years is revolutionized what it means to be James Bond and who James Bond can be within the modern setting. And I think from Casino Royale to this, this has been a massive through line through nostalgia, through the lore of Bond, but also just understanding the grief in, in the, the sacrifice that it takes to, to drink the martinis and drive in the cars and hang out with the girls and have all the gadgets. There's more to that with this guy. And I think No Time to Die is the final chapter and final proof that Daniel Craig is the greatest James Bond to ever be. Uh, in the tuxedo. I mean, he is 007 now. Uh, I think that for so long, it was Sean Connery, the late, great Sean Connery. But Craig has been the longest tenured Bond. He's been in five films that I think for the most part are good movies. And like, there's not a terrible one in the bunch. There's just a a couple silly ones um, like most Bond films are, but there's also two stone cold masterpieces. And I think upon rewatch, I, I will grow to admire this film more and more. I think the direction's fantastic. The cinematography is a little below, but on par with Skyfall and what we got there. I think the performances are, are great across the board. Uh, Anna de Armas steals the show in her scene. I think Rami Malek is surprisingly great. But it really all just comes down to Daniel Craig, who made me sob by the end of this movie and sort of hope that whoever takes the mantle next can be half as effective as, as he is. He's, he's the goat when it comes to this argument and, uh, and I will be taking no more questions and comments. So thank you. And that's my press conference. All right. Goodbye. There we go. Welcome like true man. <laughs> oh man. I'm going to pass the torch over to Griffin. Cause I know he is also one of the biggest James Bond's fans out there. And I know, you know, he loves to talk about it. It's I, I'm just going to pass it over to him. So yeah, <laughs> go ahead for sure. Give uh, us your I, initial I mean, reactions. I, I think it's the perfect uh, conclusion to uh, an in, incredible and, you know, uh, revolutionary uh, reboot of, of this like, you know, 60 year old institution, basically. Uh, I, I think what this film is, is it is the most, Ian Fleming and least traditional James Bond movie that's ever been made. Uh, this this movie actually cemented to me that Daniel Craig, even more so than Timothy Dalton, uh, is the Fleming Bond. He really mm-hmm. just understands the the psychological nature of the character, and he like interrogates it. Uh, he he's able to comprehend the prose in Fleming's words. Uh, so many of the Bond films, and this is not a knock on them, but so many of the Bond films really focus on the you know the superfluous uh elements right the world war three ending global plot uh the the bad guys the 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 women like all, all these other just like the iconography of james bond that was you know written in the fleming novels and brought to life in the films that's what so many of the movies sort of focus on but the good ones really try and capture 
the heart of Fleming's work, but I don't think any of them, even, I mean, yes, Casino Royale does because it's an adaptation, but I, even more so than that, I don't think any of the films really capture that uh, as much as this movie does. And specifically the latter years of Fleming's life uh, where he's sort of, you know, meditating on his own uh, life, the kind of person he is, the kind of person he aspires to be. Is he capable of change? And I think that this, uh, you know, those movies, he, he sort of just like, it, it's in this endless cycle of meditation and there's no finality to it. And this movie is the extension of that. It's probably the closest adaptation of the You Only Live Twice novel, uh, obviously with some creative liberties taken. Uh, it's also kind of a reverse Honor Majesty's Secret Service in a, in a little bit, but mm -hmm. more so than that, going back to the you know You Only Live Twice thing, this this sort of feels like the next chapter of that book, right? Like the, the continuation of those ideas that Fleming was sort of ruminating on, uh, but was never able to conclude because he, you know, tragically passed. And so this film really, uh, it, it puts a point to, to all of that. Uh, you, you know, the, the, the question that he sort of was, was asking himself, it's like, what is, what, what is life if you're not living, right? You know, if you're not, if you're not, uh, you know, changing or you're content with the status quo are you really uh you know you're, you're really you're just there with no time to die basically right like the the title of the film is this sort of like impossible situation it's like if you live forever then you have no time to die because you have nothing uh that is nothing to to lay your your life down on the line for but in this you know with some obviously not getting into spoilers but with some of the stuff that happens bond finds a reason to live and a reason to uh you know make sacrifices and stuff like that and this all sort of like comes uh to a head in the third act climax and so i i just think so so much of that on on a deep uh level uh, daniel craig just beautifully captures i i I know this is probably a controversial opinion, but I think the script is really good. I, th I think it's it each is. person in involved with the writing didn't just like usually when you get into a writer's room and you get all these cooks in the kitchen, you come up with something that's like an unmitigated disaster. And we've seen that so many times, but like everyone from like Carrie Fukunaga to Neil Purvis and Robert Wade to uh, even the small contributions from Scott Z. Burns, even though he's uncredited. And then uh, obviously Phoebe Waller-Bridge, everyone is adding in a new element and building upon what was previous laid down. And so when you get this, it is this just beautiful concoction of ideas. It's like, it's the essence of true uh, collaboration. And I think that's why it works. And it's so, um, it's so poetic. Uh, Rami Malek's villain, uh, Safin, I'll be honest, the first time I saw it, I thought he was the weak link. Uh, I thought he was a little undercooked. And while, yeah, maybe I would have liked a couple more scenes with him, on rewatch, I think he plays so much better. His motivations make so much more sense. His plan, uh, the fact that he's basically James Bond's id. He he is Bond in a lot of ways, uh, except Bond sort of comes to understand that he is he's the problem. He's he's uh, the the poison, and it's not the other way around. The world isn't in, in you know the the, the thing that. Uh, is wrong uh, and just sort of like contrasting and or comparing and contrasting how they deal with people and how they view relationships. It's, it's really, it's really fascinating. I mean, it, usually when we get bond villains that are just sort of, they're, they're just sort of the, the, the surface level opposite of bond, right? Like someone like Scaramanga, while he's great, 
uh, is just like, okay, he's just James Bond, but what if he was bad? There's not really like a subtextual level to it. And I think a lot of ways uh, the, the Craig tenure has really sort of, um, the, he's made, the, the villains have sort of become like Batman villains in a lot of ways. They 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 represent like a different parts of Bond's uh, psyche and, and whatnot. Uh, I, I love how it connects to the Vesper storyline. I think that is so poetic and beautiful. Madeline walks away is like one of the best Bond women of all time. She's incredible. She really is almost like the lead of the film in a lot of ways. Um, Ana de Armas, yeah, that entire Cuba scene is amazing. It's an uh, like that, that is, that yeah. is just such a, such a blast. Uh, Lashana Lynch as Nomi. I, I love her relationship with, with, with M with, with bond, uh, sort of how she has to realize her, her, uh, w- where she is in the, in the system and like how she's, you know, the beginning of the film, she's basically, M's henchman. When we get to the end of the film, she goes through the same, she learns the same lesson that Bond learns, which is like the best way to be an agent of change, to be a, a good double uh, O is to, ha- you know, have your own autonomy and, may, and, and uh, make the right moral uh, calls, basically. Um, yeah, and man, and the, just like Kerry Fukunaga, the, what he brings to the table as a filmmaker, um, the the talent recruited like Hans Zimmer, Lena Sandgren, like it, it's just I, I agree with you, Ryan. It's definitely I mean, Skyfall is like a once in a lifetime looking movie, but like this comes really close uh, behind it. Um, it no one's I, Deacon, I would, no one's Deacons though. No, yeah, I mean, like look, look, even <laughs> even Linus would probably admit that he's not Deacons, but no. like it's, this it's is probably close. Yeah, it's it's yeah. one of the better looking Bond films of all time. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd say it's I'd say it's because I would say the second best usually is on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. I think this surpasses that. Yeah. Uh, there's just um, a beautiful use of blue and uh, everything. But um, I think just just walking away, uh, the, the film's commentary on on legacy, not only just from a story standpoint and the character of Bond, but in a meta sense, the franchise and the just like, you know, don't don't be the person you are, be the person uh, you aspire to be the franchise shouldn't be the franchise that it was 60 years ago. It should be the franchise that it aspires to be. Um, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's a really, really beautiful capstone on a remarkable uh, 15 years. And I, I, w- I was floored by it, um, to be quite honest with you. All right, Devin, you got a lot. He can, he, he, yeah, he, he, man. Yeah. Seven, you have 10 seconds on the clock. <laughs> I am, I'm actually really glad that we got you two to join us for that, uh, that nuanced and knowledgeable perspective because, um, Christian and I, at least I believe Christian. Don't tell him. Uh, <laughs> this it. is, uh, this is our first ever this is our first movie. What? How yeah. the fuck do you watch yeah. this without having watched the what? previous Craig movies? I'm gone. Good night, um, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might be a little yeah. foolish. What? Well, okay. So I'll, I'll say this. Like, that's that's fine. I still think you can enjoy the movie. Like most Bond movies, you can enjoy the, the movie on its on its own. But it's yeah. just like... But most I'm, of the payoffs of the movie yeah, are no, no, the investment I, I, of 15 goddamn I, I years. I was going to get I agree. That. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let him go. Let him, sorry, right. Devin. Sorry. Didn't mean I had to cut you. But yes, it, it might have been a foolish to go in as as the first ever Bond film. But but we took the dive. Um, And I have to say, I was thoroughly impressed i mean i agree with with ryan i was actually tearing up towards the end there and that's as impressive as it gets as far as storytelling for me because i didn't have any background on these characters on these stories on any of uh, any of it really any of the lore or anything and 
it still got me wrapped in with with the last movie in the in the series. Like that's seriously impressive to me. Um, like we mentioned, Anadarmus just steals the show in her scene. As always, Rami Malek was surprisingly good to me. He's been on a cold streak here these past few uh, roles he's had, but definitely, definitely came he had back here. the right here. teeth this time. Yeah, there you Not go. Life. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so, yeah, go ahead, Doug. Yeah, okay. um, I actually I was so impressed with this that I went on Amazon today and bought the Blu-ray box set. Hell yeah. For well, 60 like that. bucks. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the thing I love. Like, it doesn't, like, for, because because this is, you know, yeah, well, while we're, like, you know, teasing you and all stuff like that, for a lot of people, for a lot of younger people, uh, not, not like you, but just, like, kids growing up and everything like that, uh, this will be their first Bond film. Every Bond movie is someone's first Bond movie. And so, mm-hmm. in that respect, it shouldn't matter whether you've seen the previous four films or not. It just matters, like, does this film work? Uh, on its own, and I think just like getting hearing you get excited about the franchise and like saying you went to like Amazon, you like bought the entire box set and everything like that. Like that's awesome. That's what makes that. That's what makes these these movies so special. Uh, because people find stuff in them that they like. People find certain uh elements of each interpretation that they sort of latch onto. And uh, just listen, if it's a film that can create more Bond fans, then that's the the biggest win that you could possibly hope for. And it's also th- this movie, I think, also does the good job of wrapping a lot of the elements up of the last four films under the Craig era. Yeah, I still think it is a really good standalone. But and, it is, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I think that that was without you know. I know Christian's got to go here in a second, but no, you're fine. Uh, but my that was one of the problems I had with Spectre, even though I still, as a Bond fan, appreciate that movie because it mostly is like the the most fan servicey Bond film of all time, in my opinion. Um, is that that movie is trying so much uh, to do so many things without actually just being one thing. And I think that this movie, maybe it is because they brought in Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is a genius. Maybe it is, you know, Kerry Fuganaga being the steady hand behind all this. Maybe it is because they knew that this is Daniel Craig's last one and he ain't coming back to do it anytime soon, that they had to make sure that they wrapped up small elements that they, you know, they had. But it was sort of the best elements that they could wrap up is what they used here in order to then create a really solid story. Like that's the thing about like Skyfall Skyfall still continues the story, but it ultimately is still a standalone mission. Like Skyfall is the culmination of not just the end of the Craig era, but it's also the end of really the Brosnan era too with Judy Dench. So, mm-hmm. and, and her character. So you, you have all these elements that, that I think really work well for, for bond fans like myself and like Griffin and then casual or new bond fans like yourselves where you guys can come in. And like Griffin said, this is your first experience with the character. Um, I would stay away from the Roger Moore era, but that's just, that's my opinion. But you know, <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree. Like, look, it's, it's there, there are good movies in there and I think there's a lot, to take away from them, but I also think it's just the most dated era. Oh, so it's, yeah, there's just a ghetto silly. blaster, the ghetto blaster. <laughs> yeah. While as an, wow. while an idea 
of like a of a rocket coming out of a boombox is cool. To call it a ghetto blaster is dated as hell. It's oh yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of the racial politics in that film aside too are terrible. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, not we don't need that history. Like <laughs> yeah. So Devin, I, I have one question. Did you buy the collection for the pod for this show? No, I mean, I, sure? I mean, it did happen to <laughs> pop up on on Twitter. It's on sale for sixty bucks. So. Yeah, he actually sent it to me. Pretty good, nice. <laughs> Wait, I'm, that's the the box set though. It doesn't have Spectre in it, right? Or does it have Spectre in it? It's it's the twenty four before this one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm tempted. Oh no! It does. Um, Oh, Doctor. Oh, oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does have Spectre. Yeah. Yes. All right, Sorry. cool. Thank you. Yeah, Spectre. 24 Fills on Blu-ray from yeah. Doctor No to Spectre. Yep. I'm yeah. glad we were able to drop that bomb on you guys and you guys uh, took it in stride. I think we took it well. <laughs> I think, I think it, it, well. Is, it is cool to have that perspective, though, because it just shows how impressive this film actually was to, to turn somebody who's never seen a single one into a such a believer. I'm tempted to buy it. I think I will. I mean, he's doing it right now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I do have it pulled up on Amazon. Right? It is in my cart. It's a good deal. I, it it is a really good deal. Like, I mean, some people are like, oh, you know, it's not 4K, and it's like, well, I mean, so what? Like, I mean, you still have the movies. It's like you're not the average eye. Like with average TVs nowadays, you're not going to be able to tell the difference yeah. unless you have like a super, like high end. Uh, TV, but yeah, so like Devin said, cat's out of the bag. Uh, this is our first Bond film, and much like we reviewed The Many Sins of Newark, we've never seen The Sopranos, but we still reviewed that movie. Um, mainly because I mean, that was more of like our parents' age, like that was like their HBO show. Yeah, so I re like, I, I rewatched really the whole thing and I haven't gotten to it yet, but uh, the movie yet, but yeah. <laughs> That's what everyone said, and I'm like, well, did I just waste? Um, six seasons of my life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) maybe no, but, um, I, I really did. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, when, when I saw the runtime, I'm not going to lie. I did my, my heart almost stopped. But then again, I was like, this is his last movie. And you know what? I've sat through multiple watchings of Lord of the Rings, uh, extended while watching, you know, Avengers infinity war. Like if I can watch that in a theater, I can watch this for sure. Like, at first, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, well, no, this actually does make sense. But um, I I really I, I actually kind of enjoyed it. And I was talking to one of my friends about it. I was like, yeah, like for the longest time, I've just never really been like a big thriller fan. But then I thought to myself, I'm like, OK, if this was like a Black Widow movie instead of like James Bond, like everything that happened, I'm like, I would have been like, hell yeah. OK, like, let's go. So I'm like, OK, I can definitely get into this genre. Um, I've never really seen a fallout. I mean, not Fallout. Uh, what was it? Mission Impossible. I saw Fallout Mission Impossible, but that's the only one. I haven't seen the others. Or Jason Bourne. Still? Still? Still. <laughs> Wait, you saw Sky, well, you saw Fallout, but you didn't see Rogue Nation or... It was in the early days of our podcast. We were reviewing. <laughs> we never actually never got to Fallout. Ooh. I don't think we did, Devin. We watched it for Henry Cavill. That is why we watched it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. For the Cavill. He is really great in it. But he really is. The, but this is um, killing me on the inside. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, man, he's like, Christian invited me on this. He hasn't seen yeah, a single was this bond. Like, this is like to be like the reveal of all reveals of like how like my heart just keeps getting broken. Uh, like Maybe. three great friends. Christian just hates spies. Like I Griffin's just silent spies. over there. He's just befuddled. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, 
It's like, but, I don't yeah. know how I can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like I really did like No Time to Die. You know, it was action packed. I there's a few jump scares in there as well. I was just like, Yeah, the, yeah oh, very, very, very really beginning. Brings, I mean, he brings that like horror element that he's you, you know kind of been in before. I mean, he co-wrote it chapter one because mm. uh, he was originally supposed to direct it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, True Detective has a lot of like true crime thrills and stuff in it. Beasts of No Nation. I mean, he's got a real knack for like unsettling imagery. Like the the opening of this movie is basically like a fucking Michael Myers slasher type thing. Seriously, uh, no. I mean, Safin in both like subtextually and like in the way that he's presented to the audience is kind of like this Dracula like figure. Um, I like there, there's a, there's a really haunting use of like red lighting in a couple of uh, sequences mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah. And then that, the, the Land Rover chase in Norway, like there's, oh. there's a lot of really like striking the stuff in, like just, the stuff in the woods. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a it's like this art house, like John Rambo's sort of like you know predator mashup. That's that's well, Griffin. Even amazing. like when when Blofeld when they are having the interaction with Blofeld when he is yeah, yeah. coming into the room, you know, and that could just be like okay, being bang boom, he's in there. the camera moves so slowly to the reveal yeah. of Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, to me, I'm like okay, this is what Blofeld should always be. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But at the same time, it's just funny. He's so he's so petty. He just knows how to like get under Bond's skin. It's, I love it. It's, it's so it's great. incredible. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the it's that's the problem I had with Spectre. Is like that character is not fully that that person yet in this movie. It's perfectly that character that we've known from the past of being yeah. exactly under Bond's skin. Even though Bond's like, no, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I really, really did. Um, Phoebe Waller Bridge kind of stole the show for me, and then you know, just having that entire like you know prequel scene, just like the opening scene that was just very, very much its own small little like short story. And then okay, I, I was waiting for Billie Eilish and her song because I love me some Billie Eilish. Absolutely love me some Billie Eilish. I think um, her and her um, her brother uh, Phineas. I, I think they did a great job with this. That this, song uh, really goes well mm-hmm. with the tone and theme of the entire film. And yeah. it just reminded me of, well, I mean, most Bond films use the the core song of the film as sort mm-hmm. of the shape of its score. But I really, it just really reminded me a lot of like Skyfall for that. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, you know, when you use you have this mass you know just massively talented pop star and they knock a song like this out of the park um then you know it's kind of hard for you not to want to sprinkle it sort of throughout the film and um it's just man it's just it's it's really good like like mm. i hated the song on its own and then mm. i and that was when it first came out and i was like i don't know if this works and then like i want and then it took like you know, seven years to see this movie. <laughs> and then, and then I, I was obviously waiting for it and it just plays so much better on the big screen in the, in the credits and everything. Just like I think Adele's song plays better when you're watching Skyfall, mm-hmm. you know, just so it's, it's like, yeah, that's, it's perfect. It's a perfect beginning. Cause you go from, you go from literally that, that opening scene with Rami to then, you know, the, the chase sequence and the train sequence and everything with that. It's, it's, 
And then this movie moves forward. And, and I, I was, I was genuinely shocked. And I know we're not in spoilers, but I, I won't say when, but like, I was shocked by at least two or three times in this movie, like some decision-making by the screenwriters and Carrie Fuganaga. You can get into spoilers now if you want to. I mean, if, if you yeah. want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, really quick. Oh, sorry. Let me try, try that again. That is your first spoiler warning here on the show again. All right. That is your first and spoiler. only one. First and only one. All right. James Bond dies. There you go. <laughs> yeah. him off the end. He's fucking gone. I knew See he ya. was and you know I what? Knew he was done. I and knew you he know was what? done. That's not like a joke. It actually happens. No, it yeah. actually happens. <laughs> like, yeah, they actually he, had, he had a time to die. Like yeah, he had some time to die. It was a yeah. two and a half hour runtime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The boy yeah. led up like the fourth of July. I was like, wow. I, I mean, <laughs> before I got into that, I will say the time jump from five years in this film, I was like, holy shit, I didn't know like I didn't know a Bond movie could do a time jump. Like great. It's like one <laughs> of the I'm first saying, man. Like the like, series is like always thinks that it has to do the same thing over and over yeah. again. And there is like a there is a template. And I think that's why I mean it, this is why it's been able to last as long as it has, because the template can be molded and expanded and you can push the envelope or you can like dial it back and all the stuff like that. It's a good template, but like I also think that you can work within that to subvert what you usually yes. do. Like for me, this this movie, and, and I know it's going to be as divisive as the film I'm about to bring up. It's like this movie is in a lot of ways a better version of The Last Jedi because oh, well, it operates well, wait, wait within, a minute. Well, I, well, I do. Wait, wait, wait. I genuinely no, do. I, I do believe this. <laughs> because the I Last think, Jedi is a great movie. This is a great movie too. So I don't know where you're nah, going. I don't, I don't like The Last Jedi. Well, well <laughs> of course you don't. Let me finish. <laughs> um, so the point, the point I'm trying to make is I think that th this movie does a better job of subverting the expectations but still feeling like uh, the characters and the people and like the 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 natural sort of like way things would go but it, like they take risks and stuff with with that in a in a, in a in a better way just a more natural way in my opinion whereas like the last jedi sort of like makes these decisions some of them feel out of character whatever i i mean like look this is just sort of my my take second on it, best but, star wars movie ever made just it's you know, really funny i'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people who agree with you again <laughs> I, I don't really i don't care but I, whatever about that one but like at least for me it, it just kind of shows that like you can operate within the confines of uh like a template but still do things new. And uh, it's the first time in, you know, probably since like I saw Casino Royale where I, where I was watching a Bond movie and I was just like, oh, anything can happen. Like all bets are off. Uh, and they really go there. So, yeah, I mean, like this movie does things that, I mean, you, you said it earlier, Griffin, where this movie is a modern retelling in a lot of ways, and even a, a further step of Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is a which is a book that I love, and a movie that I think is not great, um, because I think Honor Majesty's Secret Service has a terrible James Bond uh, in Lazenby, and I think if it was Sean Connery in the role, it would have been much better, uh, like it was originally sort of tried and planned. I think that that would have just made sense, but this movie does the thing the most where it takes things that we've never, we've never thought that James Bond would ever be able to do, like have a relationship that lasts longer than two films. How I was actually going to ask how far back does Madeline go? She yeah. goes back to Spectre. Spectre. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. That, that was the one before No Time No Time to Die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, and then of course there is the reveal midway through of the fact that there's a child involved. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. And and it's like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are we? I didn't know if that was new or not. I was like, oh, no, that's not a kid. <laughs> that's not in there. And then, I mean, of course, there is the, but it had, to, but it's all organic. It all feels real. It's all, it's all the sacrifices that you sort of had to add to what Griffin was saying, where it's like, by the end, everything he's doing, you know, Bond is always doing things for the country, for the world. And really, by the end, he's mostly doing it for the people he loves. He's not, I mean, he is doing it to save the world, but he is also doing it because of the selfishness of wanting to not carry on his personal, like the man's legacy, but his legacy of, of his, of his child and of the woman he loves and saving his, you know, he knows that the world will be okay with Lashana Lynch as 007. And so there are decisions that he sort of makes uh, within this film that are just, it's just the right thing to do. And it's the most, this is, you know, I saw some people's comments and I wanted to punch them in the face. Um, I'm because still seeing comments that are making me like almost want to punch someone in the face. Very angry of yeah. like calling Daniel Craig soft in this movie. He's soft and this bond is soft and he's a pussy and all this different stuff. Yeah. And I, like, I figured that would come out. And yeah. to me, I, I go, <laughs> yeah, some of you are saying this, have children. I know that. And you would do the exact same damn thing that he is doing to save. And there isn't an agenda behind this movie and all this different stuff because the bond that is of the past that a lot of people know is gone. We will never have that again. Get that out of your head. Like what the Pierce Brosnan era broke that template, in my opinion. Die another day, killed the sort of you know laid back you know you know Playboy no, billionaire philanthropist exactly it's sort <laughs> of like you know with the way that like that character was misinterpreted for years on the screen from the mm. books this is a more grounded realistic version of what a bond should be someone that grapples with pain with you know with age with knowledge that the system is not uh is not easily put together. it is a broken system like this guy yeah. has literally over time been proven time and time again that the system that he's supposed to sit idly by in and 100 defense has taken him and sort of used him as a cognitive machine when he's more than that he's the the he's the only reason that the machine still exists and i find it fascinating that like in this movie he is still a badass like it, it like there is you know, in Skyfall, there takes a while for him to get back to being the badass, and it's all the emotional recovery and what makes that movie so great. Yeah, this movie sure. is just straight up like, nope, I can turn the switch on whenever the hell I want. I can be <laughs> that super spy you want me to be. I choose not to. And it's and and that's what's so fascinating about this is that he can walk away, but when the danger comes back, he's bond, he's running around, he's getting in the cars. I mean, they're shooting at, I think the sequence at the beginning where he thinks Madeline's betrayed him. He's so pissed oh, in that moment so at her, yeah. but, but like 
he knows how many bullets it's going to take for that actual that car like you know gets you know going and then yeah and then I, he's I just love how petty like, he is yeah he's just he like so okay <laughs> yeah. yeah now i can be yeah fine, okay fine, fine. i'll be well, fine. it's you it's know. that it's that dominance thing right like he wants to make her feel the way that he's sort of feeling that fear that like need to look over your shoulder i i just he's such a he, he's like a, a a teenager throwing a temper tantrum in that that point he's like reverting back to like how he was when vesper betrayed him and i think the way they sort of like do that uh by having him go to visit vesper's grave to finally let go of her so that he can you know, like literally let the past die so he can, you know, move forward with his life and be with this this woman that he's, you know, fallen in love with. The second he starts to do that and things go awry, he immediately reverts back to, oh, well, oh, this happened with Vesper. So all women are like this. All all people are like this. And it's he has to learn that. No, that's not true. There are other yeah. factors at play like you, your your own insecurities, your your toxicity. That's the problem. And so. I think the fact that like when you get to the end and he's like definitely progressed a lot as a as a human being, uh, he's he's willing uh, and able to admit his faults. Uh, Like the fact that like Safin poisons him and he makes the choice to say to to stay and die is the literalization of the fact that it's like, no, I'm done put like pushing my own problems my own toxicity onto other people i'm gonna own up to the fact that like it's it's literally this poison is literally on me and it, it's like my my duty to you know not shove it onto to other people i i mean it's just like it's just such beautiful uh and emotional writing um and and i think yeah it's just it, it's it's a it's a great ending and, and he he leaves you know, knowing that there is a legacy in his daughter uh, to 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 have a better life. He, he It's like the legacy is kind of on a couple of different fronts, right? Like he leaves being the hero that, you know, he's been the hero in the past. He's done, Or sorry, I should say he's done heroic things, but it's mm-hmm. also sort of like, is he necessarily a hero? I, I he, Has he made selfless decisions? And I think that's a, that's a thing that he sort of grapples with for a lot of his tenure- as Bond, uh, so you get to this film and he actually becomes the hero. It is, um, it's really powerful. And then also just like sort of on a global standpoint, uh, showing the need for, for, for people to listen to one another, to be willing to make changes for the betterment of like future generations. Like, I mean, I go back to that line in Skyfall where M is like, I'll be damned if I leave the department in worse hands than when I found it. I mean, that is literally a message that, that, that Craig in this film sort of, uh, you know, puts, puts into, to action, uh, and really a nice metaphor or not a metaphor, but it's just a nice line that kind of encompasses Craig's tenure as bond. I mean, he's put it in a better place than when he picked it up. Yeah. Um, and then also just like l- letting his family live, uh, live a, live a, you know, beautiful life. Uh, you know, they, they now have all the time in the world because he's gifted that to him. And now, now Craig, who's kind of been like, burdened by this this internal damnation this like purgatory he's been living in uh can now finally rest and it's a really just like it's a very melancholy sort of thing right but that's that's the fleming of it all that's that's what i i think is so beautiful about it. it's why it touches you it's like real it's sincere but it's like it, I, I don't know it's again i i'm probably getting very like passionate and flowery about a lot of these things but these are these are the this is what sort of like strikes me as why this movie is so special. It's my favorite mm-hmm. kind of Griffin. 
when he's passionate about <laughs> that. <laughs> flowery. I mean, nice and flowery. Uh, <laughs> like, a, like a like baking a cake. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I agree. And also, too, I just gotta say this. The this movie is funny. Like there it is yeah, great it is. dark yeah, humor <laughs> that is so Phoebe Waller Bridge. If you have seen any of her work, Killing Eve, yeah. Fleabag, anything, you know she's in this. And it's so great that Craig was the champion to bring her on because I don't just feel her in like the the comic. I feel her in a lot of the emotional moments. I feel that she took an entire run through this whole script. Oh. A thousand percent. Like, like when they when the reports are coming out, that's like, oh, she's she's punching up the female characters. I was like, that's bullshit. No, I'm like, she's yeah, punching no. up the dialogue for every single character. Considering and she's the fact take a that, pass like, the story. Majority of this movie is female characters, to be honest with you. Then that means the entire script. Like, I mean, and I I think that the the one thing I will say is like, I don't think Leia Sedu really is that great in this performance. Um, I think the character is extremely well written and, uh, and I think it sort of corrects a lot of the mistakes of Spectre. I think this movie does a lot of course correcting of that movie uh, just from like a logistic standpoint, um, action standpoint, like that movie is just fun to watch um, if you have it on mute. Uh, but uh, I, I just think that she, there's something, I don't know if she has, 100% the chemistry with Daniel Craig to carry some of these scenes, um, especially in the third act, like the, the final conversation that they have with one another was a little painful for me to watch, not just because of like, I knew where it was going with Craig, but it, to see her sort of carry those lines, if it was maybe a different actress, I think I would have been able to fully invest in it. But not like Griffin, I haven't seen the movie 45 times. So maybe on the second go around or the third or the 200th or whatever, like I'll be able to bypass that because even in this first viewing, I watched it and I got, man, that's a really well written scene, written, you know, performance. Craig's knocking it out of the park because obviously I think Daniel Craig is one of the better actors we have working today. He's just been sort of sidelined into, you know, you know, when you're part of a franchise like this, not a lot really that you can or can't do, but he's made these character, this character so much better than anyone before because he was a great actor before and he's going to be a great actor later yeah. on. Like yeah. that's, that's the thing about having a bond come to replace him is you need to further first and foremost, have a really great actor to play that role. And yeah. I, because yeah. then you can surround them with whoever you want if you buy into that person and them being this character, then that works wholeheartedly. And with him dying at the end of this one, it kills that whole rumor that James Bond is just like a name. And, you know, it sort of, you know, passes on to person to person that I thought that was a stupid theory. Um, theory is fucking awful. It's stupid. (laughs) It's the worst. Uh, So like you get to really start from scratch and you really get to do things with this character. I think in the next go around, with an entire new cast, an entire setup. If you want to have the same characters, that's great, but you get to, you get to reinvent this again. And I think that Mm. that is where we're headed. I think we're headed for some of the best days to be a fan of this, of this franchise. And I think you two, 
coming into this right now, it's the best time because, because it is on every sort of transition was always dirty within this franchise. Like the ending of this has always been like a, the person didn't want to give it up or they wanted or they replaced them. And it was not on amicable terms. Craig Mm. finally was the one where it's like, no, we're all in this at the same time and we'll all do this. And, yeah. You know, we don't want a bad taste in our mouth. And I think that they fully succeeded in making a great film, letting this be, you know, his moment to shine. They'll figure that out, you know, all that stuff next year. And we'll speculate as to who we wanted to be. But this movie, you know, I, I remember everyone sort of like, it's two hours and 45 minutes. It's not really even wasted. Like there's aren't, no, there aren't no. moments wasted in this. I would even venture to say, and this is just me. I would love like you said, Griffin, more scenes with Seth and more things fleshed out. Like I would have, I would have loved a three hour cut of this. Yeah. Movie. I, I, I told like this no, movie. I, is, I don't this movie is yeah. like, this movie has so much it's giving us that even like the stuff that I still want, I'm like, wow, I, I'm just, I think we're cherry picking the fact that we got a lot here and there's could have been more. And it's like, well, Aren't those same people that say that they want more all the time? Like I hate three hour movies. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, always. Like, always. You, know, you can't have Ooh. it both ways. Yeah. Cause I don't know of a way to take it all out because like, then there's like the emotional stuff, with Jeffrey Wright and Felix that pays off. There's the stuff yeah. with M and the betrayal Under, there with Mallory. You know, it's like not, not to spend too much time on the Jeffrey Wright Felix stuff, but that's an underrated aspect of the film that hasn't been talked about enough. I mean, like the scene in the bar in Cuba where they're like, you know, we get to see them as friends for like the first the time. Yeah, Cause it's, it's always so, been like, it's always been like on the job and like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, finally yeah. like from the Connery era, like the first, or even like the Dalton era where it's like, we get to actually see Felix be like a, a human being. Yeah. Like, even yeah, though he yeah. wants him to be in this mission, like, they they're joking they're having a drink it's like a little bit more relaxed even though the world's about to end um (laughs) i kind of wanted to get one thing to ask you guys because i'm still debating it because i the one flaw i had with the film is the quote-unquote uh virus or the scam or the the i was a little confused about that i'm not gonna lie i wasn't even confused i was like Oh my God! I understand why they delayed this movie. This, <laughs> no, this yeah, yeah, yeah. is fucking COVID, like straight up. Like even, even if you want to take that, for that, yeah, and yeah. You could if you not take, have guessed that. There's <laughs> like, no way. The I was where, like, oh my God! Yeah. There's going to be, and you know, it's guys. It's going to happen. There are going to be a ton of conspiracy theories now. Once they, people see this movie, that. MGM and Daniel Craig and the Brits, they all knew about COVID and this and that and that. And I'm just going to go, no, that is a just terrible coincidence. It is, it is terrible. But, but it, but it is also like to use it in a movie. It's like, yeah, it's, it's scary as shit. Like, it's also yeah. like, it's also like that movie, uh, dark waters with Mark Ruffalo, where they talk about like Teflon, right. And the, the chemicals and we consume on when we cook on pans and stuff like mm-hmm. And then I watched John Oliver this week. And I'm like, oh, God, now I don't ever want to cook it's in my real. house again. It's happening. Um, yeah. yeah, It's like that's what this movie really is, too. And so I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've talked a lot. I've rambled a lot. I'm sorry. No, no, no. The last no, thing I'll say to, to Ryan's point about the, the COVID allegory, and then I'll shut up, too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, literally down to the point where, like, Bond has to say goodbye to his family away from his family. And the, six, six feet apart. Six feet apart. Yeah, yeah. Been infected yeah. with yeah. the virus. Like, it's just... 
I, if, I get if only it. there was I like a it. video call or something like that. Like <laughs> yeah. I would have just been you like, son of a bitch. bitch. Come on, yeah. come on, kid. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, Self-service out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'll let you guys finish. No, it's fine. Um, you know, like, I wanted to bring both of you guys because I know you're both big Bond fans. I know I talked to Ryan about having him on the show and he asked if we were going to cover it. And I, I just sit there and think, I'm like, oh, are we going to cover it? And I asked Devin, he's like, I mean, it'd be stupid not to. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck would you also, not? Also, it's like the biggest movie in the world. Too, yeah. <laughs> it's the biggest movie in the world for two more weeks. Yeah, for um, two more weeks. And then we get, June, uh, yeah, maybe. We get The Last Duel. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> the Last Duel? Yeah, Halloween Kills. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Halloween records. Kills. It's, Wait, uh, Halloween. Dude, I'm not feeling the hype for Halloween Kills. Like, I'm not either. Kills. Yeah, trust I know me. people are watching it on Peacock at home. I'm like, trust me. Oh, yeah. I've... It's gonna be it's gonna it'll be divisive, but it, I, if you like, if you like the slasher films, if you like it, it'll be good. You'll like it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, if you I, I'm stoked on it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, uh, Devin, did you yeah, have last? I was just gonna say, do we want to wrap this up on? Yeah, you guys have a short list on your potential next Mister Bond. Yeah, I know exactly who I want, who? and it's not even close. I don't even have a short list. It's one person. Oh, it's one person. That's it. I don't and, and and Griffin will probably laugh at me and, and and I know who it is. I don't laugh. I'm not going to laugh at you. You're not alone in this opinion. This is there's only one person and it's perfect. It is the perfect casting. You want to have you want to have a great actor take over for a great actor. He's not in any big franchise whatsoever where he's the face of it. You know, even though he's won an Oscar, most people don't in a household name know him more than oh, he's the Get Out guy. Like most people and most of his uh, prominent roles are that he is an American, not someone from, you know, from Britain. So I would think Thank Daniel Kaluuya is the only choice. Uh, I think also you would have Idris Elba as M and M sort of recruits and trains Bond and in, 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 in sort of have him go toe to toe. So you can have like that. The, there was a the hints of Mallory in uh, the Ray Fiennes character being uh you know in the field before as well so you know i i think that that would be very interesting for them to do um and then therefore you can have people shut the hell up about itra selba uh <laughs> being <laughs> being uh in uh in a james bond movie and i think um you know for for a villain i mean anybody just anybody at this point like i would love it to be like they don't even go back to the books or anything. They just create a villain that maybe carries on that isn't Blofeld, you know, that it's just maybe somebody of his of his age that uh, yeah that yeah, lingers yeah. for a couple of films. I would, you know, I know that there's been rumors of like Nolan and, and Villeneuve, who have always you know wanted to to make that. I really think that even Carrie Fukunaga coming back or branching it out and and giving it over, I, like to me personally. The hottest director, British director right now to me, uh, is is uh, Steve McQueen. And like, if you had a Daniel Kaluuya, Steve McQueen widows reunion to make a Bond film, holy hell! Like, I mean, just I'm in. I'm I mean, in. who wouldn't buy a ticket for that now? And, yeah. um, and how, talk about being already in your mind the most beautiful Bond film you've ever seen, right? Yeah. Um, and I and I think it, I think that would be. Uh, a really good interesting but i know that everyone's got your henry cavills and your richard maddens and of the world out yeah there. 
Yeah, to me, I think yeah. that those are the safe traditional picks. And I think what this movie showed is they aren't going to go down that safe route anymore. I think with Lashana Lynch, I mean, they're obviously not going to make a female bond. Um, I think that, you know, you know, that those uh, comments have been made out there and, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and I sort of agree with them. I don't think they, I just think we should create, create a bond for a, for a, a woman, like, you know, mm-hmm. and a, a, create a franchise that carries on for 60 years that multiple people can play, do something like that rather than just like this, like both. So then both worlds exist. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they are going to go in a, in a, in a forward motion towards something we've never seen before, mm-hmm. which is a non-traditional looking James Bond. Okay. Griffin, what about you? Um, well, I probably won't be as, as, as thorough with my answer as Ryan, but, well, uh, you know, some of us come prepared. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know that. Was, I, I didn't look at the show notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's um, okay. no, it's all right. No, <laughs> no. I uh, for for picks. I mean, like, yeah. I, I mean, definitely. You know what? Like what Ryan said. Like, th- there's a reason. Like Henry Cavill is like popular for 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 like fan casting because of you know he was a man from Uncle and he was great mm-hmm. in that. He, he was, was also in the running for yeah. for Bond. It's like look. Like, I, I don't think he would be a bad bond. I think it'd be, I think he'd be great. Actually. I think he's a little too, uh, he's big. Like he's yeah. big too. Well, yeah, he's, he's big. Be- I wish boy. I, that's fine. Yeah, he, I he mean, can be like Jaws. Like at this yeah, point, he could be like, Jaws. Yeah. Be, like him as bond. I'm just like, damn, that is, he's been yeah, catering to, I mean, he's su- to yeah. me. He's Superman. Like that's yeah. the thing. He's yeah. Yeah. Can't be Superman yeah. and bond. That's a little ridiculous. You yeah. You can't, you can't be the face of like two franchises, even if he's like Superman anymore. Right. Uh, I, I honestly think, uh, I, I have been a big fan, big proponent of Henry Golding as, as oh, bond. I, say that as yeah, well. uh, I, I would I agree think, with you, Griff. And then I saw snake eyes. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> that's not on him at all. That's, that's, yeah, a, that's he's, in his tryout. Yeah. I mean, he's in it. <laughs> You know, I see did a lot of bad movies. Yeah, too, that's so true. It's like, yeah. you know, I like it's how dare you. I would know Mrs. Doubtfire slander on here. You <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I, w- I would dare slander Mrs. Doubtfire. That's an excellent film. Um, no, I, I, I just think uh, Henry Golding's got like the full package. And I think the one thing that Snake Eyes did show me is that he can be uh, he can have a darker side to him, which is, I think, necessary when you're casting a Bond character. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he's, he's got the the looks, the swagger, like the the presence, the chops. Uh, like, I, I think the next take is going to be slightly lighter than what we've seen before. I don't think we'll ever get back to like the lightness of, uh, you know, Pierce Brosnan or Roger Moore. But I could see them, you know, just, you know, bringing in some of those more uh, traditional elements while also uh, you know, pushing the franchise forward just f- for a new take, and I think Henry Cavill shows that he's um, you know, capable of doing that. Mm. Uh, someone that I I actually just have started thinking about and seeing them in the role, just like after after seeing them in a couple of uh, you know, series lately. I think he's a brilliant actor, tremendously underrated. Is uh, Raúl uh, Coley from Midnight Mass? Uh, oh yes, so, yeah. Just think like like. Dude, yes. he's such a fucking good actor and he's Ooh. like rugged. He's like he's he's unrefined in some aspects, but then he's like I think what Mindam Mass showed me is that he can be internal. He can be uh tormented and tortured and like also he's like funny. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. He's just like I think he'd be a, <laughs> a incredible James Bond and is someone I didn't even think about 
uh, until I really sat down and I saw, I mean, I just watched Midnight Mass and a bunch of yeah. other things. And He's fantastic on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be a great, great inspired pick. So yeah. those are my I mean, two. I mean, there's also the the Dev Patel of the world, you know, yeah. or the Nicholas yeah. Holt I even read. And I, I if they were going to go the traditional route, Dan Stevens would be someone that I would consider. Oh, dude, Dan Stevens oh, would because that own it. I mean, that know. guy, he's in everything, and he's the best thing about everything. Like, <laughs> the guest is an audition piece to play Bond, like straight yeah. up. Like, I just watching that movie and go, oh hell yeah! Like this guy gets it, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I, I there's so many avenues they could go down. Um, I'm sure none of the names we mentioned will be that I, I you yeah. know, Craig wasn't, you know, it was all Clive Owen at the time. Everyone went Clive Owen, Clive Owen. And Craig was not, he was sort of like what uh, happened with Ledger's Joker. He was considered like a, mm. Oh, this is the guy. I remember everyone's like, Oh, they got Blondie over there. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then it turned yeah. out to be the best. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure, um, you know, Barbara Broccoli and, and Michael Wilson will make the right decision. Um, yeah. I just, there is no way you are going to please everyone with this decision. They just need to get the best person with the best director to make this first film. And I yeah. think that if they, cause they had the script already for Casino Royale before they had Craig. Mm. So develop that, get that going at the same time and give that bond the same creative control you gave Daniel Craig for so many years. Yeah. 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 Really quick, Devin, who would you think? And then we'll kind of wrap up. I mean, up. yeah, I'm, I'm also all in on uh, Henry Golding, and I think Ryan might have convinced me for some uh, Daniel Kaluuya. That sounds pretty good to me. Seriously. I will, I will ask that in. All he has to do to go to that meeting is put an Oscar on the table. Yeah. <laughs> I'll also add, unrelated, but um, can we get a new Bond game anytime soon? What Holy hell. The, the, guys, the guys behind the uh, the Hitman series are coming out with a game next year. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, they are. They are. I saw that. Give me that. I mean, God. God. Double seven I was, I was a, a GoldenEye, big GoldenEye fan. So, GoldenEye. Love that. It was just the N64 controller was yeah. terrible. My gosh, it's, it's one of the worst controllers out there. Yeah. Uh, really quick, um, everyone's kind of took all the other picks. Um, I like to see a younger face, either like uh, Tom Hiddleston or even John Boyega, I think will be really good in the role. I know Boyega been, will never do it. No. Yeah, they ain't they ain't gonna get after everything that happened with Star Wars. Yeah. They no one's gonna hand him a franchise anytime soon. It's uh, he was done so dirty. I won't, I'm not gonna. Get he was done that. dirty, but should have been a Jedi. Should have been Thray. That's all. But also too, like you gotta play the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, Those, yeah, you gotta uh, play the game. This is the this is like, I mean, I think Bond is so, is so crazy because like this is a not only defines an icon for the entire world. It is a figure that defines an entire country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? that it's, is very true. It's like on the you know the television equivalent of that is Doctor Who over there. Mm-hmm. It's a giant event. So yeah. whoever does it, they rep- I mean, like these are people that most likely down the road get knighted by the Queen. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? true. Or future king. Yeah, so it's, like it's UK pride. It's huge. So like whoever you know, they've got to also play a little bit of ball. And I, I love Boyega <laughs> as an actor, but. Give me some Tom Hiddleston, man. That's yeah. all I gotta say. I think yeah. it'd be cool. Loki yeah. and, he's very and Bond. Loki he's a very Bond. suave man is Loki. You give me some some Loki, uh, some Loki Bond. That's true. I mean, <laughs> it's gotta be somebody <laughs> in the lower to mid 30 range. Yeah. Right? So then they can carry it. Need someone young enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. 
Yeah. I've never been a big fan of the Hiddleston Bond casting room. I just think mm. it's man, not well. Wow. Well, you're on his show. He brings a suggestion in this. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that's not right. Chris, Christian, you're wrong. I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah, talk, about Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Let's get some Australians in here. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'll never happen. I mean, happen. they're technically part. They're still underneath the crowd. What was that? I heard the other night someone said, uh, I was uh, Kimmel, I think, that was like, what if, he asked Craig, what if an American did it? Because, you know, we had literally Daniel Day-Lewis play Abraham Lincoln. And yes. I, was, I sat there and I went, yeah, that'll never. Never. Like, there's a trade-off. Yeah. It's also, like, that's the greatest actor probably of our lifetime. Like, probably. You know, and so he can do whatever he wants. It's not a transformative role. I don't want to hear an American do a bad accent. Even no. though there are no, no, some no, Americans no. that could pull it off. I just... Emma Stone is one of them. Just want to throw it out there. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I think she does a great British accent. She would have been good. Yeah, she would again. We're not gonna have female. No. Well, like true. No, no, like no, no. in a, in a great world, Rachel Vice would have been a great James Bond. No, you know, what I mean, like, like literally, if, you know. <laughs> but you know, if you just watch Black Widow, I guess you could see that. But yeah, yeah that is true. But yeah, uh, let's close out here because I know everyone has you know busy things to do on a Friday. I just want to thank you guys both, uh, Ryan and Griffin, for coming on. Really quick, let everyone know where they can find you on the internet. We'll start with uh, Ryan, and then we'll go over to Griffin, and then we'll just close on out and get on out of here. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at RyanMcQuaid77. Uh, you can find my work at Awards Watch, In Session Film, Film Speak over there for uh, Mr. Filler. <laughs> And uh, awards radar. I'm I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, and uh, thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Christian. Thank you, Devin, for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be on, uh, Grevin. Yeah, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Griff Schiller. You can also head on over to filmspeak.net. You can see the great, uh, you know, pieces written by people like Ryan uh, and the rest of the contributors over there. Uh, You can also head on over to the Filmspeak channel, which is where I predominantly uh, make content. And um, yeah, we got a lot of great Bond videos out right now. And then we're also going to have two more great Bond videos, one on Casino Royale and then one on No Time to Die coming very soon uh you can also find my interviews and my interview podcast over at the playlist all right and of course for us here on the channel you can follow us over on film optics that is optics with an x on instagram and twitter and coming up um you know we have our our harry potter 20th anniversary we're going to be going through the entire series we'd love to get have you guys back on for a movie or two we're going to be starting off with sorcerer's stone of course Coming up this uh, October thirteenth, uh, that will be dropping. We got we got JD coming on the the channel of the channel, Ryan. We'll oh boy, you guys up! Yeah, and, and- yeah. <laughs> get, your, get your get your tissue boxes ready, folks. Those JD tears are going to be flying everywhere. If they're talking about <laughs> nostalgia and movies and stuff. No, that'll yeah. be great. I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So we have that, and of course, you know, our Halloween kills and last still. Last duel will be coming up later on. So, yeah, let's get on out of here. I'll close this out. And, again, thank you guys so much for coming on. Like, Keep doing the great work you guys are doing. And it's just – it's a crazy – you know, it's a crazy month, like we said. And it's it's not going to get any easier. But, you know, we'll, we all push, for, push through. If we got through March, honestly, like I thought that was going to kill me, I can get through this month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, let's close out of here really quick.
And that's a wrap for today, everyone. Thank you all for listening and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy the show and follow us on Twitter to stay in the know about all things movie and TV. That was Devin, Ryan Griffin. And my name is Christian. We'll see you guys in the next one.